we read a poem. Hello all and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. Today I met an all-you-can-pet cat. Really? An all-you-can-pet cat? That's amazing. They're wonderful. Where was this cat? Yeah, he was outside the apartment building. He very much wanted to come inside, but he was forbidden. (laughs) And so he was trying to convince everyone who came by to let him in. And no one was having it. And uh, I checked his tag and was informed that this is uh, normal behavior for him. Just try not to let him in and he'll come home eventually. I've seen cat tags like that. One was this cat named Moxie. And she would come in the house that I was living in at the time. You'd open the door and she'd just come right in. This friendly <laughs> little tabby. And her, her tag says, I'm not shy. Please don't feed me. Put me back outside when I when you are done. <laughs> and she'd come and she'd... I'm not much of a napper, but there was something magic about that cat. That cat would come in the door and be like, nap time. And then I would just fall asleep. I bring sleeps. Yes, she was and great. I, say, I, don't think, I don't think you met a cat. I think you met like one of the fae folk. Well, she was wonderful and she was always welcome back. <laughs> well, what are we talking about today? Okay. Today I am doing Poor Angus. Oh, what do you do, poor Angus, when hunger makes you cry? I fix myself an omelet, sir, of fluffy clouds and sky. Oh, what do you wear, poor Angus, when the winds blow down the hills? I sew myself a warm cloak, sir, of hope and daffodils. Oh, who do you love, poor Angus? When Catherine's left the moor. Ah, then, sir, then's the only time I feel I'm really poor. Poor Angus. And he is a lad with a very long pointy chin, long, fairly pointy ears, and a very, very, very long sticky up hat. Is the band Poor Angus named for this poem? I don't know. Let's find out. I, uh, hmm. I've learned nothing. I feel like I'm just going to get (laughs) savaged. (laughs) People are like, no, you fucking idiot. Of course it's not. (laughs) Poor Angus is a band from uh, Hamilton, Ontario. Okay. And and they do versions of Celtic folk music. But no one is from Hamilton, Ontario. And so it was just one of those things that felt coincidental, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. All right. I don't know. Uh, If you find out. Well, we should edit it. Post it in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) Or we can edit it to make sense if you figure out while we're talking. Hey, shout out to poor Angus. Keep creating. So, uh, looking at poor Angus, I didn't actually come up with this, but I was looking up people talking about the poem, and a post from Reddit came up where someone was mentioning that it might be an allusion to Wuthering Heights, Mm. because... Who do you love when Catherine's left the moor? And Wuthering Heights, the woman's name is Catherine, and they live on the moors. And the word (laughs) moor is for a barren landscape, also called the moorland. And sometimes they are conflated, or there may not be much of a difference between moorland and heathland. The The name Heathcliff who is the main 
guy in Wuthering Heights is simply, uh, the name is simply pretty much a heath near cliffs. And <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. There's no real Angus name in Wuthering Heights. Nobody's named Angus. There's Heathcliff, but there's no Angus. And maybe there's something to the name Catherine and it being an allusion to Wuthering Heights, but I'm not really sure. Well, it's funny, in my 70 seconds of Googling, uh, you are not the only one, and it's pretty well regarded that, yes, it is an allusion to Wuthering Heights. Oh, well, why don't you tell us about it, since you found more about it than I did. I just told you everything. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is a correct answer. (laughs) Well, what a a big difference Angus is than Heathcliff. Heathcliff is such a jerk. He's the worst. (laughs) You know what's funny? I've never, never read Wuthering Heights. Well, pretty much these two teens are like have passionate love for each other. The boy teen goes away and the girl teen's like, "Well, fuck, what am I supposed to do now?" I mean, she's she's much higher class than he is, so maybe they never had a chance. Uh, but she ends up being married off to another high class family and then he Cliff comes back and is like, "Why didn't you wait for me?" And she's like, "You fucking left and now I'm pregnant and dying." So, what about it? <laughs> and then she dies. And then Heathcliff is so mad, he ruins everybody's life. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, now I gotta read this. This sounds amazing. I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot about it that's pretty boring. Have you heard Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights? No. It's a great song. Uh, I am 100% ignorant of the story. And it's so funny because it, it seems like one of those things that you would read in like AP Lit in high school. Well, that's where I read would, it. And then you'd hate it. And then you'd come back later as an adult and reread it and be like, oh, this isn't so bad. But I don't know if that's how I would feel about it. I don't really like the pacing of Victorian literature. Any film adaptation of this, and I, I've never seen a film adaptation. I, I know nothing. I know that Heathcliff is a character. That's all I know about whether. Yeah, he kind of um, just... Um, emotionally tortures everybody until they're dead that's great (laughs) does every adaptation involve like people coughing blood into cloths i haven't seen any adaptations the only like really the only thing i've seen is the music video for kate bush's wuthering heights why don't you give that a quick quick lesson and look at the music video it's great are you watching the white dress or the red dress version uh, this is this. She's wearing a white dress. Should okay. I be watching the? Red no, dress? I. I. Some people like the red dress better. I like the white dress better. <laughs> oh, okay. You I know this chorus. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do this song at karaoke when I just want the night to be over. Weirdly, I now kind of want to go to a party where Kate Bush is in attendance. She seems amazing. <laughs> I think in this music video, she's 19. She wrote this song Mm, when she was 19. Damn. And how are people so smart? I don't even... At 19, I think I was playing, like, Nintendo 64. I was writing poetry. It wasn't amazing, most of it. Was that during your phase where where, where there were, like, long, unpunctuated poems and everything was in lowercase? Did I have a phase like that? I, I had a phase like that. I don't think I did. It's like you read your first E.E. E. Cummings poem, and it's like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever encountered. I'm doing this forever. And it's like, oh, wait, only one person did that for a reason. <laughs> I'm, as you were describing Wuthering Heights, my mind, I, I, I was storyboarding this in my head. I feel like every one of their, like, Heathcliff and Catherine's arguments has to take place in driving rain. 
and she's also coughing the entire time. So it's less driving rain and more like creepy, foggy more. Hmm, I'll take it. I was at the um, Culloden Battlefield in uh, Scotland uh-huh. and went on a tour that was in the morning. And it was fantastic and mystical because it had one of those Scottish fogs where you couldn't see 10 feet in front of you. And yeah. then you're wandering this old battlefield. It's like, wow, this sucks. Yeah. People were fighting over this. Knock it off. Yeah. That's the sort of thing you should imagine when you think of Wuthering Heights. Well, how would they see each other? <laughs> and maybe they're within 10 feet of each other. <laughs> Catherine! Catherine! <laughs> Marco! That's why, well, that's why she has to wave so much. <laughs> oh, I see the music video. It's it's not just a it's not just a clever song. It's also a reenactment. Right, yes. Oh, okay. And she is trying to <laughs> grab his soul away. <laughs> This kicks ass. Yeah, it is kick ass. I love Wuthering Heights. Well, the music, the music video, and the song, the book. I just, I don't know. Victorian literature doesn't do it for me. But I think you would be. You seem to like characters that are extremely vindictive. So I love vindictive. Uh, there is nothing I love more than a hateful protagonist. Yeah, he's pretty bad, and not in the way that I was watching the. Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs biopic, Mm -hmm. the one where Michael Fassbender plays Steve Jobs. Michael Fassbender plays hateful really well, and Steve Jobs was just a horrible human being, (laughs) and he brings that across really well, and it's really hard to root for a character where it's like, this is the worst person I've ever seen in my entire life, and I kind of enjoy this. I think it's because I want to be that person. (sighs) Did you ever read Geek Love? I've never even heard of Geek Love. What is it? So Geek Love is a book by a Portlander named Catherine Dunn, and it's about a family of sideshow freaks that... Well, it reminds me a lot about Wuthering Heights because one of the one of the characters just makes it his mission to ruin everybody else's life and his family. And he starts a cult. You might, I think you would like Geek Love. <laughs> this isn't the modern definition of geek. This is the old definition yes. of geek. You know, I think it was uh, what just came out. Yeah, Nightmare Alley. That's the that, that that's the same deal, right? I don't know much about Nightmare Alley. It's a noir movie, but it's about like sideshow freaks and how they became so. Hmm. Uh. No idea. There's a 1947 version, and then there's a Guillermo del Toro directed 2021 version. I haven't seen them. But. I've seen ads for it, but I I wasn't sure what it was about. I know that the Geek Show figures prominently. Okay. So I also that's right. Here we (laughs) what that's right. Here we are discussing things we are unqualified to discuss. Right. Well, maybe we should cut that out if we're saying things that are interesting. No, no, I'm not. We're everything we say is interesting. We are golden gods, and everyone wants to hear our voices. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I want to talk about was comparing this poem to Wordsworth. What a great name for a poet, by the way. Wordsworth. What a great name. Are you worth your words? Ah. Uh, it was daffodils. Oh, yeah. You know, I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze, continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way. They stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay, 
Ten thousand I saw at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not be but gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft when on my couch I lie, in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. I hate this poem. Yeah, so I first heard this poem when I was in elementary school. And one of my friends walked out on the stage for the talent show dressed in a white dress that was kind of Grecian looking, holding an armful of, I'm not sure if they were fake or real yellow daffodils and recited this poem. Hmm. And I remember thinking that her dad must have put her up to it. And I don't (laughs) know if that's because she said something about her dad before she did this performance or if I just figured anything that I found kind of embarrassing must be the fault of one's father because... (laughs) At that point, I only had a father and not a mother, and so my dad heavily influenced everything that I did. (laughs) I feel like if you brought this poem to, like, a spoken word event now, you would be savaged. Yeah, it's... The rhyming scheme is juvenile, to say the least, and there's there's nothing... There's nothing deep happening here. This isn't interesting. I have no idea why this is so famous. Maybe Wordsworth... (sighs) Did Wordsworth invent rhyming? Is that one of those things where... Well, know. Wordsworth was considered one of the poets of the Romantic movement. And why? I, I'm, there must be more to his poetry than just this one. But this is the one yeah. that I know the most. Yeah. It's I, one of those things where they're just doing too much laudanum. And it's like, yeah, William, another banger. Let's hear it. Let's hear the, hear the flower poem again. Where'd you wander? Lonely as a cloud? Oh. <laughs> And I remember this thinking this poem was kind of cringe, even in elementary school. (laughs) Although I did appreciate the poem more when I went to Wales and saw a field of daffodils and was like, damn, (laughs) that really is actually something to see. The daffodil is considered a symbol of Wales, and it is not native to Wales, interestingly. This is wonderful. This is the inspiration for the poem. And this is, uh, these are the words of Dorothy Wordsworth, William's sister. And my God, if this is her description of the inspiration of this poem makes for a much better poem than the poem itself does. And I have, this is the most like fainting couch, hand to Kleenex, Victorian nonsense I've ever heard in my entire life. Listen to this. When we were in the woods beyond Gowborough Park, we saw a few daffodils close to the waterside. We fancied that the lake had floated the seed ashore and that the little colony had so sprung up. But as we went along, there were more and more and yet more. And at last, under the boughs of trees, we saw that there was a long belt of them along the shore, about the breadth of a country turnpike road. I never saw daffodils so beautiful. They grew among the mossy stones about and about them. Some rested their heads upon these stones as on a pillow for weariness. And the rest tossed and reeled and danced and seemed as if they verily laughed with the wind that blew them over the lake. They looked so gay, ever glancing, ever changing. 
This wind blew directly over the lake to them. There was here and there a little knot, and a few stragglers a few yards higher up. But they were so few as not to disturb the simplicity and unity and life of that one busy highway. We rested again and again. The bays were stormy, and we heard the waves at different distances and in the middle of the water, like the sea. That is better than the poem. <laughs> ah, ah, Jesus. Yeah. Also, he wasn't wandering lonely as a cloud. He was with his sister. <laughs> she just said so. Well, Fuck you, William. I'm going to well, find your grave and throw stones at it. These words aren't worth very much, are they? <laughs> words worth more like words poor. Like poor Angus. Oh. I was really hope I, I I was I was like man I hope Lauren doesn't say pull like poor Angus. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, man, fuck just, you words worth. I mean, it really. I I saw a scene not unlike this, and it was was pretty amazing. But guess what, William Wordsworth died of tuberculosis. Pleurisy. I forget what pleurisy is. Oh, pleurisy is that thing where the where where the the membranes that surround your lungs like inflame and cause shortness of breath and all kinds of other stuff. Okay. Does that happen to people with COVID? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> There's probably some co- comorbidities. Yeah. <laughs> what a thing to die of. My god. What'd you die of? The pale wasting. <laughs> or like the or like the diseases that don't exist anymore or have been renamed. It's like what killed him? Heart dropsy. What the hell? <laughs> Man, I I'd love to die of an old sounding disease. What got him? The thumpers. Oh Jesus. What would the thumpers be? <laughs> Getting hit by a bus. <laughs> I was going to say some kind of heart arrhythmia, but I like that better. Yeah, but that's boring. It's like, you know, they have to like turn everything into a euphemism. <laughs> what got him? The old greyhound? <laughs> was that, there was that one throwaway line from Mrs. Doubtfire where it's like, oh, it was the drink that killed him. It's like, oh, he was an alcoholic. No, he was hit by a Guinness truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Man, I love this podcast. We talk about poems for, like, for eight seconds, and then it's just screaming about ridiculous shit. <laughs> well, do you have a poem today? I fucking have a poem today, let me tell you. <laughs> All right. I'm glad that you mentioned that we hadn't done this one yet, because I, because I love this one, and I wanted to do this one. I'm going to do Pirate Captain Jim. All right, do it. Walk the plank, says Pirate Jim. But Captain Jim, I cannot swim. Then you must steer us through the gale. But Captain Jim, I cannot sail. Then down with the galley slaves you go. But Captain Jim, I cannot row. Then you must be the pirate's clerk. But Captain Jim, I cannot work. Then a pirate captain you must be. Thank you, Jim, says Captain Me. And the picture? The picture is a big old captain ordering a, a pirate captain, you know, with like the pauldrons and the and the pirate hat and the sword, ordering a little boy to walk the plank, and the boy's just staring up at him like, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, khaki stockery. That was the thing of it, where it's like, 
<laughs> what job can't you do? Well, you'll, you'll do the next one by process of elimination. Right. Or in this one, you'll just tell other people to work if you in are my not case, good at anything. I was a, a, a teacher for a few years, and usually in public education, if you're good at your job, you get promoted up. And so, you know, you, you go from a teacher to an administrator to, you know, on up the ladder. Generally speaking, there's plenty of really great teachers that stay teachers forever because they don't want the nonsense. And I should have thought as they thought. They're the smarter amongst us because I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a thing I'll do. And uh, I was uh, a really good teacher. Then I became an assistant principal. And man, was I terrible at that job. Hmm. Oof, that was... But by that point, it's like, you can't give up the money. If I had it to do again, would I have done the same thing? Definitely not. Yeah, it's sad that people get rewarded by management. The the yeah. reward of doing a good job is to be put into management when managing people is its own skill. It it really is. Yeah. And I'm fortunate right now to have a manager, well, several managers that are really good with people, but then it, it's it's not as though a technical person got promoted into their position as such mm-hmm. just because it's such a wildly different skill set. Yeah. Making me a manager, that would be... That's that's such a bad idea. Putting me in charge of people? Oh, man. Mm, I can only do a few. <laughs> do you have any idea myself. to like make me, make me the manager of like a whole bunch of people? I don't think I can handle that. If you had to run a storefront business, mm-hmm. what would it be? Oh, probably thrift store. Thrift store. I just, mm. Or a secondhand store. Just uh, all sorts of crap that I found, because I'm a magpie. <laughs> now, this is stuff that you, like, are you selling off your own curation? Oh, yeah, curated crap. Oh, isn't that, doesn't that make you like a docent? Aren't you running a museum at that point? No, I mean, you can be like maybe an antiques dealer, but mostly you're just running a secondhand store. Man, I'd like to run a museum. That'd be a fun job. You'd, maybe have, to, you'd have to work with people. Yeah, I would have to work with you'd people. You'd have to you'd have to manage people. What if I was one of those like it, it was a museum, but it was one of those really specialized museums and it was only like a thousand square feet and so it was like me and a receptionist and that was it? Sure. I've seen ones that like that. That would kick ass. Yeah, the contemporary the contemporary here in Vancouver is like two rooms. Well, it doesn't have to be an art museum either. You could have a museum of lawn gnomes for whatever. People do stuff like that. A lot of t- sometimes museum. collectors will just turn their stuff into museums because they get they have so much of a particular thing. The, that's one of my favorite things is when it's, it's just someone's weird shit and now it's a museum. That's great. Yeah. What is the best museum you've ever been to? The Museum of Bad Art in around oh. the Boston area was nice. Especially the best touch about the Museum of Bad Art was that they had a restroom, but it stank. <laughs> <laughs> intentionally i don't I, I mean no i don't think so i think they just rented out the shittiest space they could find and there was like ooze coming down the wall onto one of the some of the pieces and i was just like this is great i it's, love this it's decorative ooze it's decorative ooze i did like the it museum would. of bad art it was just it was just the the venue was just as bad as the art and that made it all the better <laughs> I had the, there's one I've never been to that I want to, and it's the Mütter Museum, which is in uh, Philadelphia, I think, and it's medical curiosities. Mm-hmm. Then there are two that I have been to that were both 
way better than they should have been. And one was the Potato Museum in Belgium, in Brussels. Are you picturing what the Potato Museum looks like? You're exactly right. That's what it looks like. Russ, is there a section on the history of potatoes? Yes. How far does it go back? Antiquity. Is there a section on the cultivation of potatoes? Yes. What about selective breeding? Yes. It, it, and then what happens at the end? You get french fries. <laughs> this is the best museum that has ever museum. I like that a lot. And then the other one is, of course, and mostly because they have, one, they have a diamond-encrusted specialized knife for this product. And the other is because they give out samples, and that is the Amsterdam Cheese Museum. That's really cool. I have no idea how we made it from Pirate Captain Jim to museums, but there you go. Oh, wow. You're right. It had to do was... with managing things and people. Yeah. God, you, we have a couple of GT brains, don't we? It's like every single connection has to be explored, no matter how frivolous. GT? Yeah, gifted and talented. <clears throat> oh. That's what I they used to call think... this. Well, the, the I've always kids. heard it G anti. Oh. That's a gin and tonic. Yeah, well. <laughs> that sounds that would i would I, now all of a sudden i'm a teacher again and i'm picturing like coming walking into the classroom and be like hello all my little g and t's yeah well the worst thing is i'm thinking about the people that i know who were in the g and t program with me and like like the g and t program itself was really nice and we had a good time and now a lot of us that i still know of are just have like intense mental health issues Every, I was. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew that was. Coming. And the and the more brilliant they are, the more like completely messed up they are. Everyone has anxiety or depression, and they sit around th- and they have existential crises on a regular basis. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> the only I remember one of the people I went to the GNT program. He eventually moved out. We like dated briefly in high school, and then he moved out to the Portland area. And like I remember being in his bedroom in Portland, <laughs> and like him pulling out a gun and just like sort of. <laughs> No. Talking about his gun and me being like, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, like, no. Exit, exit, exit. Quietly exit. <laughs> Calmly exit. Don't look at the gun. Pretend he's, it's nothing. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Oh god, why is he petting it? Why is he petting yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, like, it was kind of like that. He should never have had a gun. Actually, maybe, he, <laughs> maybe he's killed himself. I don't know. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> anyway, gosh, let's end this real fast. This is getting very dark. We started out with, with like beautiful so we, spring we, we, flowers. Yeah, we, we we were on a happy roll there for a minute. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's a it is it, it is a very happy day, and I'm I'm gonna see if I can find that all you can pet cat. Oh, that's lovely.